smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, Sotocast, the first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is... <laughs> that is my child. Uh, my name is Dave, and I will be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me, as always, is... Andy! Who will be the deadly birds in the sky, I guess. So... Sure. Welcome back to the podcast, Smaller on the Outside, 14th season of the podcast, which is a TV show podcast in general, if you're not unfamiliar with us. Uh, my child is very unhappy today, so you're probably going to be hearing him whine a little bit this episode. Um, yeah, we talk about Doctor Who when it's on air. When it's off air, we talk about other stuff, so... Uh, if you like TV, make sure that you hit subscribe and uh, head over to our Facebook page, Smaller on the Outside, and uh, give that a like, give us a shout out, and uh, we might, you know, you know, if you have any questions, we'll answer them on the show. Anyways, so, Smaller on the Outside. <laughs> My uh, episode six, Praxius. Um, Praxius. Now, before we start talking about the episode, let's go ahead and hear a word from our sponsors. Take it away, me. What a good commercial break, me. So, Praxius, season 12. Uh, did you do anything Doctor Who related this week? Um, no. Mm, me either, but... This week should be a little bit different because I think the next issue of that comic comes out this week. So when that comes out, I should be able to read that, see if they do anything more with the David Tennant thing. You know, I don't know if comics are really considered canon or not, <laughs> but uh, if they are a tricky know. thing, it's probably like with uh, Star Wars when they did the expanded universe, how. Basically, they would let them do uh, whatever um, whatever they wanted within reason, and I think George Lucas would like approve certain things. But then, if he wanted to change something for the movies, he he could do that, and it just made the old stuff not canon anymore. You know, right? Because in the Crisis for Infinite uh, <laughs> crossover event for the CW, they had a bunch of people show up. Um, and obviously, Tom Welling showed up for Smallville. Um, spoiler alert! Um, but they said that the the comics were canon, but they really didn't reference any of it. Yeah, you know. The only thing I was wondering was uh, that they mentioned President, uh, you know, Lex Luthor. Right, but I think at the end of the series of Smallville, the TV show. Uh, he ended up being president in the future. Oh, it was in the series already. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Plus, it was alluded to since ever since like the second season or something like that. So. Right. Yeah. yeah I know. And that's the thing that happened. Um, so is the sixth episode of the twelfth season. Um, the bad guys. Uh, I I called them the gas mask baddies. So. Are you my mummy? Yeah, that came to mind. What are they called? And heck, the, even the astronaut. I don't know if they had a, really a name. <laughs> yeah, I don't see anything that has a name for it. Yeah, so I call them the gas mask baddies, and that's good enough for me. Uh, a couple of characters show up in this. Uh, a lot of characters actually show up in this episode. <laughs> This is a very, this is, if this was a movie, I'd consider it pretty convoluted. I'd probably call this convoluted if it was a movie, because uh, there's just so many different locations, so many different people, uh, different stories going on at the same time, because all our characters split up. Um, so the first scene, you know, it's, it's hard to even call it a scene because it kind of splits in between a different places, too. But the first thing that you see is a ship going down from space. All right. So 
basically this astronaut, I call him Adam the Astronaut. He, uh, he's got something of an automatic systems failure going down. The ship's just crashing. Um, but then it kind of just skips around from this point on. There's a lot of skipping around. Uh, and it goes to a uh, convenience store, like a gas station, maybe a grocery store. I'm not entirely sure. But there's a there's what I call Cool Cop Jake. Um, he is not really a cop. He used to be a cop, but apparently, I don't know if he quit or if he got fired. He was suspended, I think. He was suspended. Uh, it seemed like. Uh, maybe not. He he. Later, I think he said, "I'm on a sabbatical" or something like that. Well, but that's I feel what like say. that was just you know an excuse saying he was suspended. <laughs> yeah, it's probably an excuse. Um, that's probably what I would say if I was suspended too. I'm in between, you know, um, cop jobs, whatever. Um, and then it kind of skips around again. It goes to Peru. And we got a couple of backpackers, and they're checking out a beautiful river. Or, or, so it's supposed to be beautiful because it is no longer beautiful. There is trash everywhere, which is the first part of the uh, politically correct uh, social commentary of the episode. Yeah, the uh, moral of the story. There's definitely a moral of this story in this episode. Um, yeah. But anyways, there's trash everywhere in this river, so they obviously decide to camp there. Um, you know it's weird they they they, they yeah, do I mean, they decide just backtrack to where it was nicer. <laughs> I know there was lush greenery just inches away. We saw it because they had to go through it to get to Garbage River. <laughs> but maybe they were afraid they, of animals or something. I don't know. I'd be afraid of the trash, uh, or at least the I wouldn't smell. Be It'd stink. <laughs> it would. It would stink pretty bad. Uh, anyways, yeah, they, they, pat, they, um, they decide to camp out there and one of the backpackers wakes up in the middle of the night. I don't rem- really remember why they wake up. Maybe they just had to take a leak, but, uh, she winds herself up in the middle of a Hitchcock film and gets eaten by some birdies. Yes. I was like, Oh, yeah. this, this episode's going to be the birds. It's going to be the birds. It's going to be the birds. Uh, and, uh, so we, you know, bounce over to a bar, Cool Cop Jake's bar, I call it. He's, uh, hang- he's hanging out there. He's taking a drink, and he's watching the news. And on the news, he sees the spaceship crash, and he's not looking too happy about it. We later find out, because uh, Adam the Astronaut's his husband. But uh, he finds that the a- Adam the Astronaut's survival remains unknown. He's presumed dead. But then he gets a weird, mysterious text message that reads help me apparently from Adam the astronaut and says find me and he got uh, sent a map of Hong Kong ooh mysterious text or type um, why is Adam the astronaut in Hong Kong is that where he was crashing down it it seemed like it I guess because he couldn't he couldn't uh, he put out his parachute early I believe I guess in a a random area, but yeah. So back in Peru, because once again, this episode bounces back and forth all over the place throughout the entire thing. Back in Peru, the other backpacker finally wakes up to find her friend missing. She finds dead birds, though, and she uh, feels an impulse to touch the dead bird because who doesn't feel an impulse to touch a dead bird when you see it? Uh, Ryan shows up though. Finally, a main character finally shows up. I feel like it's been forever at this point, but Ryan shows up, says, do not touch it. There's something wrong with the birds. So we're getting somewhere. Birds are falling from the sky, both in sense of these birds on this beach and uh, the astronauts ship, which is kind of considered a bird, right? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> no. All right. Now we're going to bounce over to Hong Kong, right? Because uh, we have Cool Cop Jake. He followed the GPS signal and he finds a locked door. And by the uh, this is it, it, it always seems it always seems like if, if, a, if a show or a movie is supposed to be taking place in China or Japan, it's like 
the the way that they demonstrate that is just a ton of neon everywhere. Yeah, neon lights, neon city, bunch of neon. Yeah. Then they're in they're in these uh these countries. <laughs> Best way to believe it. Well, I mean, I've I've never gone to Hong Kong, but I feel like they probably do have a lot of neon lights, especially pink neon. Pink neon is very important. Pink and purple. All right. So they show up. Uh, Graham and uh, Yaz show up in Hong Kong there, which tells me at this point that where the doctor is going to show up is wherever Adam is, because I don't fully trust the mysterious texter, at least not at this point. But uh, in Hong Kong, yes. That's what you were thinking? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Yes, thankfully, at this point, has, has a key. the keyboards. Where did she get them? That yeah, that was never explained. I I would it would have been better if she had the sonic screwdriver. The sonic screwdriver to open up the door, which would make a whole lot more sense. But she has this big key ring, with with I guess skeleton keys or something. But she got into the door. I I, I don't know. I don't know why she has keys, but she has keys. And they got in. Now we're going to bounce over to Madagascar. So now we have our three continents. Remember at the end of the last episode, the doctor said that there's an alert happening on three different continents. So you have yes. Asia, South America, and Africa. And there's three, they're different kind of alerts too. Kind uh, of. They all, they all are connected to the same sort of situation. Yeah. Um, in Madagascar, we meet a couple more characters because we didn't have enough settings or stories or characters already. Um, we have Sookie and some other guy. I forget his name. Um, but this is where the doctor shows up. She's running along a beach shore shouting for help because a body has washed ashore. And at this point, I'm also thinking Adam the astronaut. Ah, uh, yeah. But it's it's not. But we'll find that out in another scene. Because we're going to go back to Peru. So, Ryan. Well, but before we go to Peru, this person that they pull out of the water, um, we see that something has happened to them, right? That's, that's the next scene after. Like I said, it bounces back and forth. Okay. It doesn't immediately show them pull out the body and have something happen to them yet. It, it, it bounces back to Peru. Oh, weird. Ryan is bagging up the bird saying that birds are falling out of the sky and they need to find out why um, initially the scene I thought he said he knew something about that other backpacker that went missing but I don't think that's the no, case he, he, they, uh, they were apparently had like have a an online show of some kind frog or something and and it was uh, it was expected that he should know them. But he didn't, which, which he makes me wonder how long have they been gone on the TARDIS? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and then we bounce over to Hong Kong, where we have Yaz, Graham, and Cool Cop Jake. So Cool Cop Jake finds out that the reason that Graham and Yaz are there isn't because of the missing astronaut. It's just because they're following some kind of wacky energy signals coming from that location. And we also see that something with a gas mask is watching them. And unfortunately, it's not saying, are you my mummy? Yeah. It's just watching them like a, you know, like a sand person. They could have done that because of uh, the, you know, was it the last episode with uh, with Captain Jack and the, uh, the nanogenes, remember? Yep. He was talking about the nano genes. They could have brought him back and said, oh, "Are you my mummy again?" That would have been awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could have, but they didn't. Now, now we bounce back to Madagascar with uh, Doctor Suki and some guy. So, the body that washed ashore isn't the astronaut. It's just some kind of U.S. Navy submarine guy. He survived something that went wrong with the submarine. Yes. When he wakes up. He turns into some kind of thing, some kind of very I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it just it, it grabs him and and he explodes from it. It just it's disintegrates. Like crystals, these crystals sort of accumulate all over his body until he's completely encapsulated, and then he explodes in them. And just the way they look just gives me the creep creeps like heebie-jeebies. 
Well, it, it looks like uh, what's his face from the the last season with the doctor with the the teeth guy. Yeah, that's another one that did that too. <laughs> yeah, it's a... weird like textures and stuff, you know. The you know what the budget for this season's pretty good. Um, this season, this uh, episode has a few uh, effects um, and stuff like that that are pretty, you know, believable. Pretty um, whatever. I, I liked the beginning with the space and then the uh, whatever fungus that's growing on these people's. You know, it's it, that was. You know, I would say that was mostly practical. Like yeah, there was definitely some practical like stuff going on there. Um, back at, uh, I would say, Peru, Ryan and the backpacker head over to an abandoned hospital. I'm not, I don't remember why they're headed there. It got some kind of uh, news that the other missing backpacker is there, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe they just were. <sighs> I, I don't think they're going to, they're, I don't think they're bringing the, the bird there. No, I, uh, I think they were just uh, looking, looking in nearby hospitals. Or something. Yeah. So they they get to this hospital. It turns out that it's completely abandoned, like a good haunted story. Um, and they find some more dead birds inside the hospital, but they also find the missing backpacker. Maybe, He's just kind of sitting there dead. Trail? Were they following a trail of dead birds? It's possible that they could have been doing that. I, if they did, I missed that. Yeah, I don't remember. I missed it. Uh, but they find the dead back backpacker missing uh just under a cloth oh yeah it's it's alive uh she has some more of that deadly fungus growing on her face um so the ryan speaks to the doctor through some kind of neck device (laughs) right i i i initially thought that whatever he was talking to the doctor on was some kind of device under the skin because I didn't see it at first. They call it, uh, hold on, they call it com dots. Com dots. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but it's no, kind of a no silly word. What com dots are, but that's what they're called. It's a com dot. You never heard of com dots? Is it just like get it, your local target. Um, they're like walkie-talkies, but like international or intergalactic. Um, so yeah, he talks to the doctor, tells her to show up, and the doctor, of course, shows up just in time to see the infected backpacker explode too. So now we're starting to get our team to kind of uh, get together, but we're not quite there yet. Um, so we're now going back to Hong Kong. Where uh, the cool cop, uh, Jake, Graham, and Yaz, they find the astronaut hooked up to some kind of weird gizmo gadget thingamajig. That's when the gas mask baddies show up. Guns are blazing, and they're trying to hail tail out of there. The doctor shows up because, you know, com dots. Um, <laughs> she showed up really quick, too, didn't she? She's showing up really quick to all these different places. It's like she was already in the TARDIS to begin with. Yeah. Or, you know, obviously time travel and stuff. That's true, time but, travel. Uh, yeah, usually so they all when, they're, when the Doctor is away from her companions, she's usually in sync with them, so. Yep. And so they all hightail it out of there, and they head over to the TARDIS. And this is when everybody kind of comes together for the first time. Pretty much the only time, other than this and the ending. And the doctor just keeps bringing uh, strays in, into the TARDIS. I, you notice this? Yeah. D- does the doctor have, you know, a, a neuralizer or something? Or <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> she saw Men in Black and uh, wanted well, to you, copy you gotta, that stuff. You got to think either the doctor or, I guess it's not unit anymore, um, whatever the... Twitter. What were, what were they again? There was something, wasn't there? I don't remember yeah, if there was or not. It was just. It was just the. Yeah, it was just the. Uh, Mi six, right? Uh, possibly. Mi six. Yeah, Mi six was in Spyfall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe they all have neuralizers because you got to think. <laughs> 
nobody ever freaking remembers all these massive invasions that happen on the earth. <laughs> wow. Well, like, there's aliens? Wait, there's that one the- episode. You don't remember the Daleks? There's the one episode earlier on in the series where it was like first contact when they first found out about alien life. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but it's been mostly ignored. Yeah. Um, so they all head over to the TARDIS. And uh, they are all going to head out of there, but Yaz wants to stay behind because she's really interested in a MacGuffin. <laughs> uh Basically, what's in really go anywhere? Uh, It kind of does. It kind of doesn't, though. Well, the Uh, the specific panel she was looking at, she starts looking at it, and then something else happens. Yeah, that's right. Because she's looking at some kind of alien tablet. That's what that she's really interested in is a tablet that she knows that the aliens are. The alien tablet that she knows that everybody is interested in. It has, it has some kind of significance uh, attached to it. That's why she wanted to go back because she wanted to learn more about it. Um, and the doctor gives them one hour to do it because it's going to be Yaz and uh, one of the backpackers that wants to fight because her friend is now exploded and dead. <laughs> so they're like, I'll help you out. And she's like, great. Uh, back at Madagascar, they all show up there after leaving Yaz to her own devices, and uh, they find out, you know, birds are showing up at Madagascar now. Um, and then we back backtrack down to Hong Kong, and the girls find the MacGuffin, but they can't do much with this alien tablet yet, uh, as they spot a gas mask baddie touch some kind of control inside this building which teleports it away and the first thing they think of is maybe we should touch that thing <laughs> uh, and here's here's my thought process when they did that when when she uh, suggested that these guys are wearing gas masks they right? are there's yeah. a very good chance that they can't bring breathe oxygen which would mean that that the humans would not be able to breathe their atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't actually thinking about the gas mask, but I was thinking they are an alien. Yeah, and in general, that an alien would, could potentially you, have a different kind of atmosphere. Yeah, you, you bounce over to a different planet that doesn't have oxygen or has a different form of breathable air, you're going to die, you know? And the place that they end up showing up at isn't in front of another wall in front of another teleportation device they just show up in the middle of a hallway yeah so it's like you know how do you get back thank goodness that there's oxygen because if there wasn't they'd be dead yep but whatever uh back in uh madagascar i guess uh ryan or no no the doctor gives everybody tasks right everybody has a job to do at this point ryan is to dissect a bird Graham and Cool Cop Jake are to work together to figure out how to use an IV. Sookie is tasked with grabbing a lot of sciencey stuff. Yeah. Sookie. Sookie. The computer uh, that the doctor has is really the only device that actually helps anything because she like figures out everything anyways. And she finds out that the that astronaut Adam's bloodstream has been infected with an alien pathogen that he got in China. I think it's called the coronavirus. Huh. <clears throat> <laughs> um, excuse me. I, 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 I'm sorry. It's called Praxi. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, they they yeah. filmed this before the coronavirus was known about. So. It is, but it's funny because it also came from China. So, sort of. Sort of. I mean, it came from space, but it, 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 I don't know. It's China. They said something about getting it in Hong Kong because that's where the spaceman showed up. Well, but it also showed up in Peru and Madagascar. So. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways, Yaz and backpacker Gabrielle, or whatever her name is, they show up at the teleportation destination, and it's, it's some kind of place now now yes thinks it's an alien planet she thinks she has discovered something awesome all on her own 
Uh, it's not exactly the case. We find out that later. But yeah. she thinks it's an alien planet. And thankfully, like, again, there is oxygen, so that's good. And inside, we also find out that there's part of that submarine um, that I guess went missing, which led to the death of the uh, submariner. Right. Whatever you want to call him. And uh, back in Madagascar, we find out after the dissection of the birds that there is some plastic inside the birds. Uh, Silky did a test on the astronaut and the bird and finds out that they can engineer a virus or something to the degree. Now, here's where the social commentary part of the episode really comes in. Hold on. Didn't that come from uh, from Ryan? He he opened up the bird and saw that the bird and and the doctor saw that the bird was uh, had something in it that was already fighting the, the virus. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it came from I'm not, the bird. Not a hun- I'm not 100% sure. But I know that this is where the social commentary part of the episode comes into play. There's a couple of them. There's, there, there's definitely a couple of them, but this is like, uh, I think this is the hardest hitting one, the hardest on the nose, uh, because it's, it's basically saying that this alien uh, virus is attacking plastic specifically. And that our planet is flooded with plastics that can't break down. People ingest it. Uh, so that's why people are getting attacked. Yeah, they're um, that we're getting plastic in our water supply. And they're also, you know, the, the other one is you know, we've basically uh, thrown so much plastic in the ocean that it's created an, an island. <laughs> it's created an island. And that's actually, I think, um, that's the thing, that's, you know? True, yeah. Uh, so it's definitely a plastic is bad, please recycle episode, you know? Um, for sure. Uh, thankful, I mean, thankfully it's not really hit on that hard throughout the episode, you know? It's not from, like, the beginning. It's only really at the end. Um, now, the other guy that was with Sookie at the beginning of the episode, he gets attacked by birds and dies. Though... We'd never uh, approach that ever again. Yeah, I don't think we saw him die, did we? We, we just saw the birds he, attack oh, him. Uh, the birds attacked him, and I think at that point we're just going to accept the fact that he's dead. Yeah. But regardless, they don't talk about it again. Nobody asks where the other guy is. Now, uh, maybe I should ask later. Keep going. Okay. I have, I have okay. a question, but I want to wait until something happens. Okay. Anyways, the doctor calls Yaz to find out how she's doing uh, and discovers that Suki is one of the evil people because of something about the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin is one of the aliens. The MacGuffin pointed to Madagascar and somehow the doctor connected Madagascar aliens to Suki and found out that Suki's one of them. It was. I'm it, not entirely sure that, that that tablet was uh, connected to a few different labs across the uh, across the globe, and one of them was in Madagascar. So yeah. the doctor realized that this was an alien lab that they were in. Okay. And so the this person was already there, and so they were an alien working in the lab. They are an alien. Okay. Okay. So yep. because okay. we just we just revealed that th- this is the question I was going to ask. Was the guy that was there also an alien? It's possible, but I doubt it. You doubt it? I doubt it. I think he's just some guy. Yeah, that would have been... He's, I don't know why they didn't uh, address that in any way. They didn't address his death. They didn't address whether he was an alien or not. <laughs> it's just sort of... Forgotten. Yeah, I have no idea. I wonder if there's a deleted scene because that 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 seems like a, I wouldn't say plot hole, but it seems like it's something that there's a lot of unanswered questions just because this episode is just filled to the brim with stuff. Yeah, it could they could have had Uh, some some scenes cut out. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. So knowing that Yaz is potentially in trouble and knowing that Sookie is the bad guy, they all head over to the teleportation destination. 
And we find out that it's not an alien planet or really an alien ship. It's an alien thing, uh, but it's pretty much created by plastic pollution underneath the bottom of the Indian Ocean. Yeah, so I think um, the, the virus sort of acted as a magnet or something and, and sucked all the plastic together into this one big blob, and somehow there became air underneath. I don't know how that happened, but... <laughs> It well, became sort sort of like a a submarine of plastic, kind of. Um, which is you know it's but, okay, in, it's interesting. Was another, was... There was another thing when they were in that hallway. It looked now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like there were like the ribs of of a whale or something around them. I did not see the ribs of a whale. <laughs> That's what it looked like: giant ribs. Like lining the walls, <laughs> like a dino, you know, like the dinosaur giant dinosaur ribs looking things. It could be a whale, like I don't know if whales have ribs, but that's that's sort of what I pictured. I don't know if whales have ribs either, but I feel like they do after seeing Pinocchio and stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> Did we see um, <laughs> yeah. So the people inside this place, these aliens or whatever, they're all infected by Praxias, and they're trying to find a solution. So really, everybody's kind of on the same team, but some others are more desperate than the, and, uh, than the doctor and people. Yeah, Suki didn't need to, to run away as soon as the doctor figured her, her out. They, they were both working towards the same goal, you know? Pretty much. They're all on the same side. Yeah, there's uh, no real so reason for her to run away. Yeah, and Suki eventually succumbs to uh, the virus, uh, and this is where it really starts to end because Suki had a ship down there, and the doctor's plan is to use the ship to disperse the cure that she created at the um, ah, Madagascar lab, and she's going to disperse the cure around the world with the ship, but the autopilot on the ship is fried so Cool Cop Jake decides to uh, do a suicide mission, uh, but the doctor also gets the target to save the Cool Cop before it's too late, the last second. And, uh, I mean, that's basically the episode. Yep. I mean, that's, I mean, there's an ending where they all talk about, you know, just some random stuff about how, you know, happy endings are great and all that. The doctor, uh, the doctor basically uh, implemented the cure thing across the globe in a similar way that uh, that would have happened in um, the Amazing Spider-Man. Remember at the end? The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. A lizard, and so he shoots that out into the sky, and then the the you know Spider-Man has to put the cure out there too. Uh, that's true. I I do remember that in Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, spoiler but alert for discussion the in that movie about why that uh, that machine was outlawed because you know even if you're gonna put out like vaccines or whatever there's gonna be people who don't want them and so <laughs> so you're forcing everybody even though it might be good for society you're forcing things on people who didn't have a say in it <laughs> yeah all right so. That's basically the, the uh, episode. By the way, there was uh, some people making some more theories about the whole Ruth thing, or per- specifically Lee, uh, her husband, or whatever. Oh, that's right. Some we, people were. We were talking about um, some of the theories on Ruth, weren't we? Yeah, and I, I, I recently Doctor Who, I guess. <laughs> yeah, one of the recent theories about Lee, her husband, was that Lee. Was also Time Lord, obviously, but uh, some people are theorizing that he's the master, uh, her master, uh, because be the the Time Lord lady, whoever it was that was after them, that was working with all the uh, Judoons, she said something to him about back from the dead. I see something like that, hmm. and okay. who comes back from the dead all the time? Well, that's the that's the thing is, uh, if he was living in secret, though, he may have faked his death. It is true. I mean, it's, it, it, yeah. But, um, and obviously, what did the Missy say when she was older? She's like, I knew the doctor since he was a little girl. 
whatever. And obviously the other theory that kind of is kind of poopy poo poo is that Chip Null said that it's not some kind of alternate dimension or parallel earth version of the doctor. This is the real thing. Um, that is unexpected. I wouldn't have thought that he would comment on that. Well, he probably... The only reason why I would comment on it, uh, if I was the showrunner, is because I didn't put that explanation into the show itself, you know? Um, where it's like, I just expect people to accept this as the real thing. And because people are starting to make theories out there, I'd be like, oh, shoot, I got to tell people that it is, you know? Well, uh, instead if he of has to correct viewers, then he has an explanation for it that surely would show up in the show. Well, his explanation is that uh, at the end of the episode, it said whatever her name is, Ruth, presenting Ruth as the doctor or whatever, like they did with uh, the war doctor with John Hurt. Right. Um, to say that all the new doctors get that uh, that title or whatever, that introduction title. I don't remember any real doctors getting that introduction other than John Hurt. No. Uh, but whatever. Some other people were theorizing that Ruth's the doctor in the same way as... Uh, well, in the credits, they do. They do in the credits. Okay. And the governor from... Uh, <laughs> The Walking Dead, right. how he was the doctor, right? Uh -huh. uh, because that was so somewhat similar, because like he had a <laughs> yeah, but we he had know a that actually a time time lady, right? All right, and now the the only thing that makes sense to most people as to when she showed up is between Doctor Two and Doctor Three, because you never see the actual transformation between two and three. But yeah, it doesn't, it why doesn't, wouldn't you remember? Yeah, I don't know. The only thing is, like, if the memory was wiped, I guess, which would make like a sense, memory but, wipe. Yeah. But what you see is you see the second doctor, and the second doctor is talking to the time lords, and the time lords say, "You are banished to Earth. You cannot travel in time or space. You can't use your TARDIS. You have to live on Earth, right?" And that. Mm -hmm. That's the whole first season of the third doctor. He can't travel anywhere. He's stuck on Earth. That it's it's from one moment to the next, that's exactly what happens. And we just saw, you know, uh Ruth. We saw her travel, didn't we? Yeah. Well she, hardest, she lived on Earth. She, she definitely live on lived Earth, on Earth. But she she traveled but she traveled if she was before Doctor Three, she definitely traveled before that. Yeah, and his TARDIS was disabled. Yeah, and so there's there's one problem, I guess. I guess the other problem would be how many regenerations you get, and if she's one of right. them, it doesn't it doesn't work with with the regeneration. We we start to get a little bit more plot holes. The other uh, the other theories that they had was that she's prior to the first Doctor, a whole different set of regenerations, and that one doesn't work either because we saw the first doctor steal the TARDIS. Right. But now That's we're what I, what I was starting to think about uh, last episode. And then I remembered that we saw the first doctor steal the TARDIS. We did. We did. But now people are being like, well, what if the TARDIS is smart? He stole the TARDIS at first, uh, gave it back and then stole it again. And the TARDIS remembered being a police box and tried to be a police box again to help the doctor remember. The police box was because uh, the doctor and uh, Susan, his granddaughter, were living in 1960s London. That's why it was a police box. <laughs> it was actually yeah, guys at the time. Yeah, if Ruth is an actual doctor, I think no matter how she's a doctor, there's going to be some serious plot holes that they're either going to have to explain or this probably gonna ignore i feel like they're just gonna ignore it um that would be but regardless there's gonna be plot holes what i we feel could, like moffat we could was a better say, plot holes. what we could potentially say is that 
um, maybe when the Doctor rebooted the universe, he re uh, rebooted earlier versions of the Doctor as well. But then you can't say that because Clara went to his earlier versions after the reboot, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Clara. <laughs> but maybe and we could say maybe there was another reboot that we didn't see. And and doctors earlier selves have been erased with, and replaced with something else. Yeah. The only thing I could actually think of, the only thing that I can actually think of is that Chibnall lied. Could be true. He just lied about it not being a parallel Earth doctor, just to you know thwart suspicion. Be like, no, you know, it's this is the real deal. This is part of our universe. Um whatever but then he's just lying i mean it's possible what could be the case is um that i was gonna say this but again it doesn't work <laughs> uh, i was gonna say that that this doctor could be um could be a, a alternate earth doctor like our own like uh you know uh, jody whitaker Jodie Whittaker could be the parallel Earth Doctor. Yeah, that was another thing that they were saying is uh, when Jodie Whittaker's Doctor got sucked into the uh, that alternate dimension with all the, the vines and stuff. Oh, okay. They're saying, like, when she came back, she didn't come back to the real world. Okay. Um, that she came back to a very, very similar Earth, but slightly different um maybe i don't know i don't know anymore i it's hard to say I, i'm guessing i'm guessing that this all comes into play with the lie of the timeless child uh right. people are saying that ruth is the timeless child that she's the doctor but she's the timeless child did whatever she that means confirm that she is the doctor yes he says she's the real thing. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not it's not a fake out. It's not, uh, you know, a parallel Earth thing. She is the Doctor, the real thing. Some, the, something to that degree, very similar. We got the Master. We got Ruth. We got uh, we've got um, Captain Jack, and we've got the Lone Cyberman. We've got the Timeless Child. We've got uh, destroyed Gallifrey. All of these mysteries <laughs> that we need some kind of resolution to. Yeah, hopefully. and this is and this episode was mostly a one-off. You know, it yeah, didn't so connect really to anything. To the end of the last episode, but that's it. All right, and that's it. Which, which is fine. Which kind of is interesting it, to continue that story, but a little bit into the uh, the timeline. You know. Yeah, basically, what I said. You know. I, Doctor Who fans are just as bad as Star Wars. Um, they're never happy. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, uh, but if, if you've it's, ever gone to like a Star Wars like forum, every everybody in Star Wars hates Star Wars, and everybody in, in Doctor Who, it's the same thing. They hate Doctor Who. Uh, hold and on, hold on, there's somebody, there's, a, there's a different side to that as well. They hate what's currently happening. So Star Wars fans hate what's currently happening in Star Wars, and Doctor Who fans hate what's currently happening in Doctor Who, but they like what happened a few years ago, they, even though they hated it at the time. They end up, you know, they end up liking it. They warm up to it. Yeah, something to that degree. Uh, somebody said basically another meh episode for this episode, and I basically said, you know, it's probably the worst episode of the season, but it's still great. Yeah, it was it was uh, exciting. Yeah, I still think it's exciting. Uh, I really like the visuals. You know, I like some of the production design of what's going on. I've always liked how they, this this TARDIS looked. I like the look of the underwater base. You know, yeah. Uh, it's very bright in some scenes, like with Madagascar and Peru. Uh, they did a good job with how it looked. And they got a lot of different talents, and that's always surprising with BBC because BBC always re just rehires everybody. Um, and everybody did a pretty good job. I don't know. The episode in general, 
worked pretty well. It, there's a lot going on. It was a good one-off, and and that happens a, a lot. That happens a lot, but there are also some some meh one-offs as well. Sure, sure, yeah, and that'll happen too. You can't always win them, but it's not as bad as the uh, current Doctor Who fans have been saying. A lot of people didn't like Spyfall. A lot of people, you know, they didn't like uh, last week. I don't, I don't get it. Because I really love them, I, I I consider this season to be great, like way better than last season. I whatever they're doing, I'm just thinking keep on doing it while everybody else watching is like, oh, uh, but that's what they did what? last my, season. My they're always doing. That, I, the, my theory that I I think I said was I think it was last week about maybe Chibnall just went back and rewatched New Who. <laughs> that's you right. Know, in between seasons because it feels like he got some inspiration well yeah think about this episode we got the gas mask baddies it got somebody who's dying in an astronaut suit (laughs) oh man there's still i still feel like there's inspiration in this episode even though this episode was still just a one-off well even just stylistic inspiration like the yeah the the excitingness of it (laughs) And I think I think Jody's getting some better speeches as the uh, season goes on. I think right. that uh, Graham is doing pretty good as being the uh, basically the inspirational speaker. You know, he's always he's being the grandpa. You know, <laughs> talking to everybody. He always always talks to somebody uh, and has wisdom. You know, he has something to Wisdom, say. Wisdom, yes, but Graham and Ryan apparently did not know what the word pathogen meant. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <Thinking> what? <laughs> and, uh, everybody knows what pathogen is. I don't know where they were. I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's an American word. I don't know. But I, 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 everybody should know what pathogen is. Yeah. I mean, if you know what virus is, you should know what pathogen is. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's the episode. Uh, once again, one off, but pretty good one off at that. Uh, I right still think the, the season, the se- season. Are superior. A little bit. I tough. think that even though it is a one off, it's still a, a better episode than I would say a lot of the last season was. Yeah. Uh, last season felt just like the whole thing was one offs, and it wasn't. Uh, really alluding to like anything it wasn't like connecting it i didn't think Chibnall was even the best episodes of last season were not you know it wasn't wasn't Chibnall Chibnall was still trying to get his footing he was still trying to figure out how Doctor Who works uh but like this season i feel like he he either figured it out for himself or he had helpers you know uh or he watched old Doctor Who episodes obviously uh, but something happened, and there's been a change of pace this season, and I think it's a welcome change of pace. So, that is what it is. Other than that, uh, yeah, the anything to say about this episode? The writer of this episode was Pete McTie, or the, the co-writer, and uh, he wrote Kerblam. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember Kerblam. That's the UPS I, I episode or like the Amazon Prime. You didn't care for it. It was uh, it was just a silly episode. It wasn't really you know whatever. Yeah, I I had fun with it, but it was it was fun. Uh, like I said, it was like the Amazon Prime episode or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Oh, people I, dying I in the warehouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important. It, it's very important messages about all the people that die in Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to add about this episode? Um, no, I don't think so. Well, me either. But story number two ninety one. So we're almost at three hundred. Almost at three hundred stories. But it won't be this season. Or uh, 300 won't, no. episodes, 300 stories. And I, I I don't know if that includes... I think that includes the classics as well. Well, that's fine, but it doesn't include books. I'll tell you that much. 
Right, right. There's never- other stories out there. There's books, there's audio plays, there's comics. Oh, so, anyways. Yeah, you um, wouldn't be able to number those, though. They're all over the place. Right. They're all over the place. Oh, by the way, there was, oh, anyway. one, there, there was one tidbit. Um, the doctor, uh, when, when she figured out that it had stuff to do with uh, plastic, she briefly entertained the idea that it was the autons, you know, the living plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, in, let's see, what was it? Um, an audio story, in an audio story for Torchwood, one of the characters recently took on the Autons, who did take over the North Atlantic garbage patch. <laughs> Which is what I was talking about, really, the uh, garbage gotcha. island in the Atlantic Ocean. And, and they- he... He, he did take on the Autons who took over the North Atlantic garbage patch. That was actually a recent story, uh, an audio, audio, audio story. Gotcha. Now, the one story that they skipped out on this episode was the talking cat from uh, Canada. Oh, right. <laughs> there, whatever that was. It distracted her from, from Madagascar, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Garfield or something. I don't know. Alright, so. I think that's it. Um, make sure that you uh, subscribe to this podcast. Um, there's not always a crying child in the background. Um, review us on I, uh, Apple's iTunes. And, uh, oh, here we go. Um <laughs> Find us on Facebook, Smaller on the Outside, uh, and give us a shout-out. We'll give you a shout-out right back on the show. And uh, until next time, off for Smaller on the Outside, this is Dave. This is Andy. And peace out. Peace.